I was thinking how I can, with the intro song, if I can add like some jingle bells with the rhythm, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. It's silly. Welcome to Retro Crew. Enjoy your voyage. Voyage. Howdy, and welcome to Retro Groove. I'm Adam C. And I'm Liam D. And this is a podcast where we talk about music that stands the test of time, the albums and artists that have shaped and reshaped the sonic landscape, as well as covering new music from those artists. So today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a holiday gift guide episode, talk about some Christmas stuff a little bit. Um, But first... Uh, we'll get into what we've been listening to, what we've purchased recently, and some some other tidbits of info. Uh, Liam, how are things going in your neck of the woods? Um, I am good. This is our post-Thanksgiving episode. And uh, I, so you and I have talked a little bit about, uh, you know, I have, I haven't, hidden the fact that I've gone to some concerts and I've gone out and do some stuff yeah. and uh, I had a buddy come to town as, as buddies do around the holidays and, uh, and hit me up and say, let's get lunch the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And so I did. And then he texted me that evening and said that he wasn't feeling well, which oh, was not, was not great. And then Thursday morning on Thanksgiving, he texted me and said that he, has never felt worse. Oh and my that he god! Got, he got tested and has full blown breakthrough. Like he's fully vaxxed. Whoa! COVID, and I'm like, cool. We had burgers together yesterday. So now what happens? Oh my god! Yeah. So uh, so I I had some self tests uh, in the cabinet, and the next day I went out and got some more. But I masked up, and I had a a masked Thanksgiving. Like I called my aunt and my parents and I was like, look, if you don't want me there, right. Get it. Like, uh, I am sorry that I was playing fast and loose with a buddy and this is what happens to me. Um, and so like they were really chill about it. Uh, but yeah, I wore a mask all through the, the holiday. It was a lovely time with my family and, uh, and it was a, it was a good time. But uh, we did uh, a bunch of other things. You know, my brother-in-law was in town, and obviously, like we've I've got a little daughter, and so we were we had all this stuff planned. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what what my process was is I would do a self test about half an hour to an hour before we did anything. And so like we went to a pinball arcade and so I tested myself and then we went to eat dinner outside and I tested myself and then mm-hmm. we went to go see Ghostbusters, which was awesome. Ghostbusters Whoa. was fantastic. Nice. Um, and, uh, and I kept my mask on and tested myself and so I never got it and it's great. And like, you know, this is a weird, Oh, so you're virus. good. I'm good. I'm good. But like, it definitely, I don't know if you've bought the concert tickets that you and I have been like, come on, Adam, you, you can go to a concert. <laughs> but it definitely checked me for a second where I'm like, man, I was at Madison Square Garden and Little Rock Clubs. And like, who knows? Yeah. Like, I like once you have that moment of like, man, I yeah, was once you have the scare right up against it, like it was right in front of me. Um, 
then you start, I feel like everything came alive around me and I'm like, oh no, it might've been around me all this time and I just didn't know it. Right. So, uh, so it's a little freaky, but, uh, but ultimately a good holiday. Good. Um, yeah. How about you? I mean, we had a chill holiday, um, hung out with Dan and his family. Uh, so it, that was, that's always amazing. Let the cousins run around and, and, and have fun. So, uh, but yeah, just kept it local, kept it, kept it family basically. And, um, didn't really do a whole lot other than stay, stay at home, hang out, have fun together, just enjoy, you know, the kids having time off from school. I actually took time off of work, which I very rarely do. Congrats. <laughs> I've been working crazy. Uh, so I actually took a whole week off. And, nice. Uh, yeah. It, it, <clears throat> it felt really good. And now I'm coming back and feeling more productive. So that's <laughs> that. there's something to say for that. I mean, that's the purpose of it, um, right? Yeah. Exactly. And then the only yeah. other thing that I, I did was I'd spent a lot of time and got through two-thirds of the Get Back Peter Jackson docuseries. Nice. Um, which we'll talk about a little bit, um, which is, you know, <clears throat> as, as a Beatles fan myself, but also a, a huge fan of the creative process and someone that enjoys creating music myself, it's kind of a dream come true for me being able to <clears throat> just kind of be in the room practically you know, watching, watching them go through their creative process, forming mm-hmm. songs out of thin air, out of boredom or out of necessity or out of protest. You know what I mean? It was, it's, it's just really, really in- interesting and intriguing to me. And also confirmed some opinions that I had about certain members of, the, <laughs> of the band. Uh, it definitely solidified some opinions that I'll probably keep to myself for now. <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear all about that. I think we're going to need to do a deep dive on that because again, like I'm a Beatles fan, but I'm not a deep fan. I'm not, you know, I I was raised on them by my by mom, and you know, I'm I'm familiar enough, and I I like the music, but um, I don't I, I don't uh, I'm not I'm not immersed in it as much, and so right. I'm excited to I'm excited to watch this because I do feel like it's an interesting. I've never watched any sort of rock doc about them and I, there's so much material out there so many books and, yeah, and features lot. and stories and stuff um so i it seems like a weird place to jump in but it also i mean peter jackson's cool he does a good job on stuff i like king kong lord of the rings is great so let's see what he does with the beatles yeah i don't know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have that peter jackson stamp on it you know what I mean? Because it's there's not, no, there's no giant beasts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. And he's taken something that, you know, a lot of people would probably find pretty boring and mundane and, you know, weaved the story from that, which is impressive in itself. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of feels like sitting in a chair, being there, during that creative process. And if that's something that, um, interests you, then it's profoundly interesting, but if not, you're probably going to find it boring (laughs) just being honest. And wait, so, so who does Andy circus play in this this movie? (laughs) Andy plays George Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) 
Andy plays Yoko. <laughs> I don't know. It made sense to me. That's very funny. <clears throat> that that I will say, and then we can move on. But that there was one point where I did have to fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. when when Yoko inevitably ended up on a microphone. I was mm-hmm. like, nope, can't handle this. And I skipped forward until I didn't see her on screen anymore and continued. So I, yeah, I, I probably I, skipped a couple minutes of Yoko. Um, howling. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I think, I think a lot of people have done that over the years. So that's, that's fine. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so do, I guess one question that I do have for you though, cause you and I were messaging this week is yes. Muppet Christmas Carol vinyl. So we we talked about this briefly last episode. I'm um, uh you, you grabbed it, right? You were able to get mm-hmm. a copy. I I got one I got one of each. I justified it uh because I am going to send one to my sister. My sister lives awesome. in some obscure part of Mexico and so Oh wow. The sh- the shipping to her is time consuming and very expensive. So I was like I went into this thinking like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be spending a bunch of money on this because it's like, this will be my nostalgia gift to her. It'll be a nice gesture. And who knows if it'll get to her on Christmas. And it's probably going to cost oh, twice man. as much as I'm paying for it now just to get it to her. So I, I, I precursor this by saying like, I went into this being like, I'm going to spend a bunch of money here. Like yeah. I, everything was baked into this, but you get hit with that shipping fee. And oh God, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That was the deal breaker for me, you know, to, to yeah. pay $15 shipping on a $30 record. I just, I, I honestly mulled it over and I, I couldn't do it. You know, I have moving expenses. I'm in the middle of a, of a move. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still reeling a little bit in the, in the spending account from grabbing that OLED. And I've picked up some, I picked up a few games, um, <clears throat> with some black Friday deals that they had. So yeah, I just, I just couldn't do it. Like as much as I love that movie and it's fantastic music, I, I, I couldn't justify the, the, you know, 14 or $15 shipping. I really yeah. couldn't. No, I hear that. I hear that. Um, but that's me. I'm glad you yeah. grabbed it though. I'm hoping it gets here in time. Like I can't, it, it seemed like something they had in hand and it was going to ship pretty quickly. But, uh, but with shipping right now and vinyl yeah, right now, knows? I just don't, I, yeah, I never know. So I'd love to have it here to play on my turntable during the actual holidays. That would be awesome. So fingers crossed it gets here in the next two to three weeks. Um, what I else? did, so I got, um, I had ordered this a while back and it came in. There's this funny indie game called West of Loathing. Oh yeah, which yeah, it's like a spaghetti western, but it's it's like an it's an RPG. It's very funny. The art is stick figures, but it's it looks like the most creative, twisted sixteen year old uh, doodled <laughs> it in his notebook. It is hilarious, and I remember listening to the music, and I. This is this is a game that I played through one and a half times. I bought this game. Um, I had a physical. It was like a limited run, super rare, whatever it was oh, years wow. ago. I bought it. I took it on a trip with me. 
uh, my car got broken into, oh. and and all my stuff got stolen, including my Switch and like no. eighteen ga- eighteen game oh, cards. No. Yeah, and that was one of them. And so like I had to then like I downloaded the digital version of it, um, and then re- replayed it again because it was really fun and I was having a good time with it. Um, so this the music was ingrained in my head because I played it so much. Um, definitely suggest the game. Uh, if you can track down the vinyl, I haven't looked to see how rare it is at this point, but it was it was kind of a no brainer for me. Like it just it's going to be something that I'm going to throw on when I'm kicking around or sweeping up or something like mm-hmm. that. And I yeah, it's, I'm just going to have a smile on my face the whole time. Um, so I grabbed that 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 came in. I haven't popped it on yet, but I'm excited to. Um, there's I no skipped. sales history for it on Discogs. There's one. Uh, there's one for sale for someone mm. selling it for sixty. Yeah, but- I mean, I got it. It was like thirty. It was like a normal, normal price. I, I feel like that's just it's it's new and it hasn't yeah. kind of bounced around yet. But video game vinyl gets weird, so you never know. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I skipped Black Friday almost across the board, and again, part of it was health scare stuff, but like. Part of it was I looked at the, you know, Black Friday, there's usually a record store day tie-in. There was mm-hmm. this year. I looked at the lineup. It was a handful of things that were interesting, but nothing that drove me to the store. Yeah. I wound up getting to my local, I think I went on Sunday, maybe even Monday. Um, and the one thing that I was looking for, it wasn't even a record store day exclusive. It was uh, just a record store day first, like the first pressing. Um, and they were they were out of it. Um, I didn't sweat it too much. I grabbed the CD. Uh, it was uh, Jason Isbell. He oh, yeah. put out, yeah. So he put out an album. Uh, basically, around the the last election, he said, you know, if if Georgia flips blue, he's going to make a covers album celebrating musicians from Georgia or whatever. And it happened. And so he made good on that. Um, and the the price of entry. So I love REM. And he does two REM songs oh, on nice. this. So, so immediately, like, price of entry was paid. It, he does Night Swimming and Driver 8. Like, great, oh, great wow. REM songs. He kills it. He's got a bunch of guests on there. Um, definitely worth checking out. There's a James Brown cover. There's an Indigo's Girls cover. There's, there's some great stuff on there. Oh, sweet. Um, so definitely worth checking it out. It's on all DSPs and everything. You can stream it wherever. Um and then, so decorating the Christmas tree. Um, I'm I'm a huge Brian Fallon fan. He put out a, a Christmas album of hymns that his mother used to sing when he oh, was cool growing up. Like the stuff that she was singing as they were doing their decorating. Um, very spiritual, you know. Very devout. Um, just gorgeous. Like him on a piano or him on a on a guitar. And it's funny, like I threw it on as we were decorating and I realized that my daughter's experience with Christmas music is mainly the you know, Mariah Carey, Pentatonix, right. you know, the, the normal like radio, big stuff, the tree lighting, whatever it is. Um, and so when I put it on, she was like, is this Christmas music? And then <laughs> you know, like he like he does First Noel, he does Silent Night. Like she recognized some of the songs, but I was like, no, this is Christmas music. It's like a different kind yeah. of Christmas music. It's 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 hymns, it's church based, but like it's gorgeous Christmas music. It's yeah. there's a there's a lot of breadth to what Christmas music is. Oh yeah. Um 
I, I mean, I'd love to know, do you have stuff that you listen to around the house or like that you get into around? I mean, it's a whole subject that we can get into obviously, but like, Oh yeah, we could do a whole episode on it, but it, we're pretty varied around here. You know, everything from Charlie Brown, from, everything, Charlie Brown, right. Yeah. Everything from Charlie Brown and the like Mickey mouse, uh, yeah. you know, D- Disney characters singing Christmas songs. So it's like, you know, we'll go from, <clears throat> we'll go from that and, you know, goofy singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas to, <laughs> you know, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong doing some right. amazing classics to Amy Grant. So we're all over the map. Uh, Burl Ives, there's a Burl Ives Christmas album that gets a lot of play every single year. Um, but it's definitely all over the place. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I like that though. I mean, and you can kind of Christmas music can be catered to the situation, whether it's like quiet time at home or whether you got family over and everybody's yeah, kind of exactly. jubilant or there's kids there. Um, and then, so it just honestly lately, like work, I've had a lot of, of like computer time. Like I have to sit and just like grind through documents and putting stuff together and whatever. And so there's been a lot of windows where I'm sitting uh, on the couch for a period of time, just kind of grinding. And so I've had, uh, I've just had the TV on a bunch more than I usually do. I was like just catching up on some shows and um, watching a bunch of Bob's Burgers. Like I haven't watched (laughs) that in forever. The music in that show is so funny. Um, I have a CD they put out this what? great, this great sub pop. I think did a couple of years ago. This great collection of like each episode has a song. Like there's a, basically a song in every episode if you watch the show. And so they collect all of it there, and it's really cool. It's like there's like seventy things on this album. It's great. Um, so I've just been like tossing that on in the car because it's reminding me of these like moments where I'm chuckling as I'm do as I'm dragging myself through work. Um, and then there's this show on FX called what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you've ever heard oh, of it or if you were like yeah, a flight yeah. of the Concords fan. Um, but so it was based on a movie that, uh, Jermaine from flight of the Concords did a few years ago. The show's hilarious, but there's this intro song that is so haunting. And I just, I Googled it immediately. Like the first time I heard it, I'm like, what is this song? Uh-huh. And it's, and it's this folk singer from the 60s it's this obscure song from the 60s by this artist norma tanega she had uh one song called walking my dog named cat or walking my cat named dog or she like (laughs) it was such a weird one-off thing and they pulled this deep song of hers and so I started just wow. digging around in this in this random lady's catalog of like I mean she has like two or three albums. It's like there's nothing there's nothing there. Mm. Um, yeah, walking my cat named Dog. Um, <laughs> but like apparently this album was I've never heard of this album before. And I apparently like it was a whole buzzy thing for a while. Like you can you can they, it's been repressed on vinyl a few times. Like she wow. just has this one off album of weird folk oddities and it, she's she's a great songwriter like it's it's not tongue-in-cheek it's not like i like tiny tiny tim a lot like i yeah. i like that kind of bizarro that's not what this is this is a little absurdist but also kind of cutting and very insightful 
Um, oh, yeah. So I definitely, definitely suggest someone uh, you, you go check her out. Just give her a little Google. There's not, it's not a whole lot of videos of her. You know, she, she kind of faded into obscurity and lived a normal life after these hits in the '60s. But like, uh, it's it's very cool, and and the show's great, and the song hooks you immediately. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, awesome. I'll have um, to check that out. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's about it for me. So you uh, you were watching some Get Back. Did yeah. It, did I'm, it make you dive into the Beatles catalog again? Like, go back, get yourself. Well, it it definitely um, gave me a lot more perspective on the Get Back album because uh-huh. I had very little idea, <clears throat> other than the most basic of facts. Uh, regarding just the the backstory of the album and and um you know it's it's considered their last album but it was <clears throat> recorded uh before Abbey Road. Abbey so Road, yeah. There's right. a little bit of, you know, weird dis- time discrepancy there. But, you know, for example, I knew who Billy Preston was. You know, there's a couple of his songs that are just personal favorites of mine that I'll throw on from time to time. But I literally didn't even know that he was on that album. He was essentially a fifth Beatle. So that threw me down the rabbit hole of listening to Billy Preston again and getting into some of his deeper cuts. And so that ended up getting me on this um, kind of funk music, funk and soul from that era, Um, you know, listening to playlists that would include, you know, stuff like the Gap Band and Rick James and all that kind of stuff, uh, yeah. Isley Brothers. Um, and that ended up, I, I heard uh, this that song Juicy Fruit, which of course was sampled by Notorious B.I.G. for his right. song Juicy. And I was like, oh, shoot, I know what I'm listening to. So I'm driving around listening to Notorious B.I.G. because... Amazing. So good. And, um, so I just, I just love that, that story arc in my, in my listening over this past week, going from the Beatles to Billy Preston to, to, uh, random funk and soul playlists to listening to Notorious B.I.G. I just love it. Yeah. That's (laughs) amazing. (laughs) That's been my kind of listening pattern the past week. Um, I ended up buying the uh, I, I I saw it pop up. I don't know if it was a Black Friday deal or just a random you know price drop, but I picked up the first uh, Foo Fighters album on vinyl, the, the self titled um, first record with Dave playing all the instruments on it. Yeah, um, for like twelve bucks. I mean, it was nice. dirt, dirt cheap, and um, <clears throat> I love that album. And it you know has a lot of personal meaning to me because I listened mm-hmm. to it a ton when it came out. Um, in, uh, believe it was 95 off the top of my head. Um, cause I heard this is a call on the radio and loved it and instantly fell in love with it and wanted to buy the album before I knew that it was Dave Grohl. Cause I knew who Dave Grohl was Oh wow! as right. a Nirvana fan, not a super fan, but you know, fan of them. Um, m- me and my brother would listen to, this is a call every time it came on the radio and I, you know, recorded it on a cassette tape and finally, and I got that man. <laughs> and, but I had no idea until later that it was Dave Grohl playing all yeah. the instruments. We just thought it was some random band on, on the alternative radio station. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that, and I posted a picture of it, but I bought, um, I can't remember exactly when I bought it, but it would have been around that time. It was 95 or 96. I actually bought the the seven inch 45 RPM. Uh, this is a call single with Winnebago on the side B. Oh my God. And it's, it's, I love it. It's such a great, uh, such a great B side. And you still uh, have it or is yeah, it gone? No, I have it. I, I posted nice. a picture of it. I put it up on the, on the Instagram account, but, um, awesome. it's, it's, it's great. So I'm, I'm glad that I, 25 years later, I now have the, the full album. <laughs> I have the LP that goes along with that. So, uh, I was happy to to add that to my collection, but that was basically it along with, you know, a lot of other purchases recently and moving expenses. I didn't go too crazy with the purchases. Plus with, you know, having two kids, we got Christmas coming up. So I'm I trying to <laughs> haven't even gotten into those purchases yet. So I'm just trying to stash aside anything that wasn't going to moving expenses. Yeah. Um, and shout out, shout out to the Instagram retro groove underscore podcast. Check it out. Yeah. Um, definitely got some cool stuff that gets thrown up on there. Um, it sounds like, so Foo Fighters, Billy Preston, it sounds like you might have a little rock and roll hall of fame on the brain. Well, that's so definitely you just got true. Two inductees there. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, I did end up watching, mm-hmm. um, the induction ceremony mostly in its entirety, when it aired pretty long it's three hours Um, or something yeah it's quite long um but standout moments from that were um carol king full body suit okay (laughs) (laughs) i I do like her as an artist but i can't say i was a fan of her rendition during that performance fair enough yeah (laughs) but i i really thoroughly enjoyed and i think i even yeah i did i put it up on on instagram but Mm. um i thoroughly enjoyed uh carol king's performance and uh that was really moving and what surprised me the most was LL Cool J's performance. Yeah. <laughs> that well, was first of all, nuts. Can we can we talk about Dr. Dre for a second? Cuz yeah, I absolutely. feel like I have I haven't seen Dr. Dre in like 10 years. I don't I I feel like I don't know where he's been in a lab. I don't know. That dude looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like oh my god, when I he feel walked like- on stage, I was like that's Dr. Dre, but also that's Dr. Dre? Like I remember what he looked like the chronic 2001, right. you know, yep. like where I was like, this guy's older. This isn't the chronic. It's the chronic <laughs> 2001, you know, like, wow. 20 years later, that dude looks good. And like yep. carried himself like that. That was a great little, that fantastic speech short, yeah. but like hit, hit all the marks. Uh, Dr. Drake killed it. Yeah. And then to have Eminem come out during LL's performance was, was just so cool. And JLo. Yeah. Yep. That was that was a really really great performance, um, and then obviously I love seeing Paul and uh, you know seeing him playing with the beat with with Foo Fighters was really amazing. Um, obviously, there's that wasn't an accident that they got up and played "Get Back" while we've yeah. got "Get Back" the <laughs> the docu series coming out, but. Still, so there's a little bit of product placement, probably, of course. but it yeah. was still amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, the the 
the McCartney induction speech was great. Um, I mean, like we were joking before the show a little bit, but like you can't compare anyone to the Beatles, but no. there are funny things that happen in certain artists catalogs where you're like, oh, that seems I think I've heard that before. Right. And there are things with the Foo Fighters where you're like, man, if they're not following a similar trajectory to this band, this iconic band that like yeah. in, in its moment, the Beatles were huge, but also were not. They were they were a pop band and they were not embraced then like they are now by the music purist snob archival whatever you <laughs> right. want to call them like it wasn't until kind of after the fact where everyone was like man that was really some enlightened stuff there like yeah it took and some like time really picked it apart yeah so i i don't know man it's it's pretty crazy like it, is crazy. Uh, it was it was cool and it's cool to see them like they're bros that's awesome um the go-go's were fantastic oh yes i forgot to mention yeah. that that was really good the Go-Go's were great. Um, Chappelle was funny. Jay-Z's speech was good, but it was long. Um, and I have to say, like, you had LL come out of the gate. Carol King, who really doesn't perform anymore, no. got up on stage and performed. The Go-Go's, who haven't had an album in 20 years and, like, yeah, have, have had perform. some issues, got up on stage. And Jay-Z didn't perform and didn't yeah. have anyone perform for him. It was just, it felt like a missed moment, again, to each their own. And if he didn't feel like there was a right way to do it, then right. that's fine. But it seemed like... It just it seemed like the speech could have been a little shorter and I could have used like a cool uh, medley. But I will say that the montage and I don't know who put that together of every amazing artist, actor like David Letterman. I mean, there's this whole montage that they run and it almost went a little too long as well. It was pretty long. (laughs) It was like three or four minutes long and it was just a who's who doing like spoken word Jay-Z lyrics, a collection from his entire catalog. And it was very cool to watch. And so there is a bit of a performance there. Yeah, instead of, yeah but it's, it's not the same. I feel like he um, either didn't want to, like, I wouldn't want to go up after that LL Cool J performance. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy, so, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> If that had anything to do with it, but my Lord, that was an outstanding performance. Yeah. LL, LL is fantastic. And the fact that he's still got what he's got after 40 years or or whatever it is, basically now it's it's crazy. Insane. Um, There, you know, the, you're never going to have a consistent tone through the whole thing. And so I think the Everly brothers tribute was really cool with Brandy, but it's like, it's a lull. The yeah. Gary Clark Jr. performance was cool, but it's a lull. You know, it was like it's him solo blues up on the stage playing a song nobody knew. But it's Gary Clark Jr. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, so there's peaks and valleys, but Foo Fighters performance is great. Go-Go's were killer. Um, I, I I think it was it was a it was an awesome awesome show altogether. The thing that I need to make sure that I was like, I have to bring this up is 
I turned to my wife as we were kind of watching through this, and I was like, I think there's been all this talk about Britney lately and the the kind of mistreatment of her, and it's all 100% true, a million percent like she had all these terrible things done to her in the media yeah, and her never family and everything. Right. But there's another thing that went on there that they did in the industry and we did as fans, which is lumped other artists of that era. It's what you do. Like there's someone who's a catalyst and then you're like, well, then there's there's the strokes and there's the hives and there's the white stripes. And then you look at them and you're like, oh, no, they're all totally different. But you lump right. them together. And Christina Aguilera got up on stage to do uh, that Tina Turner song. And I'm like, she should have never been compared to Britney Spears. Britney Spears is fantastic. She is she is a incredible performer. Christina Aguilera is a, in, a one of the most talented singers like she brought the place down. I thought she was absolutely stellar. She is a massive talent. And I yeah, just sat I there. It, it was like one of those moments where I sat there and I was like, why, why isn't yeah. why isn't she Adele? Like, why isn't she the biggest artist out there still? Like, she is so good. She's so good. And she's so talented. Um, so, yeah, I just. That's a good question. That, that performance, I think she got lumped genie in a bottle, and like they were like she got branded right. in with everything else, and then she had her dirty moment. Britney had her toxic moment. Like there was right. all these things, and I think that it was it, she never had a chance to shine. I mean, look, she's Christina Aguilera. She's been on TV. She was on The Voice. Yeah. Like she's she's a massive star. She could do whatever she wants like, at this point. She's she should. I, I there's something about her. I feel the same way about Pink. There's something about some of these artists where they got lumped together into these groups and deserve their their spot in the pantheon of their their true talent and abilities. Um, and and I hope that it gets there at some point because well, they're already huge stars. They but, went yeah. through the same machine. You know what I mean? They right. both came out of Disney. They. Yeah. Both were presented as, you know, the bubblegum pop teenage sensation. And so they kind of were more or less forced along the same trajectory. So, you know, we we almost didn't have a chance at the time to to separate them as their own thing. Now, it was marketed that way. Right. Exactly. And, And now we know a lot better. Uh, and we can see them for their individual strengths. And, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Her, her voice is, is unmatched. Um, she doesn't sound like anybody else and she can do things that hardly any other singer can do. Um, and so you're right. Like what, why isn't she Adele? And, and is it because of, the type of music that she put out 20 years ago, who knows? You know what I mean? I don't know the answer to that, but um, you know, I feel like Britney is in a similar, I know she has said that she's, you know, done performing. Basically she doesn't want to do it anymore, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, God bless her, live your life the way you want to live it. But I wonder like where, where would she go from here as far as a a music career? You know what I mean? What kind of music, would she make would it sound yeah. like 
a more mature version of the Britney Spears that we've gotten in the past? Would it sound mm-hmm. like something more could, modern? Could be like, Who could knows? be like what Madonna, Madonna just keep, kept reinventing herself through the 90s into the 2000s. It could be something like that. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it had its moments. Sorry. <laughs> that's fair. Not a Madonna yeah. fan. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, speaking of Adele, though, so there was this interesting thing. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, obviously 30 came out. Big deal. Huge album. It's gorgeous. Um, and she uh, she blew up Spotify's spot. Um, yeah. By Because Spotify, the default, uh, if you don't use the platform, is when you click on an album, it doesn't play it in sequence. Um, oh really? Which, yeah, which is I don't really use Spotify much, so I I did, wasn't aware of. I this. wasn't either. But she was pretty upset, you know. She and she's Adele, so people listen. She right. uh, she started posting and complaining in media, saying, you know, artists take a lot of time and and energy and focus, and there's a craft to album sequencing. Oh yeah. And, uh, and then you put it on one of the biggest streaming platforms in the world. And when you click play, all of that's thrown out the window and you don't know how you're going to hear this product that someone Adele in this situation spent five years trying to put together. Um, she's curated this experience for her fans and Spotify is saying, well, you know what? We're going to let the computer decide how you're going to hear instead. Yeah. Um, So I just as a point, I mean, I love the idea of of album sequencing. Yeah. I am often disheartened when I pick up an album from an artist that I'm excited to hear and it feels not cohesive. Like I feel like I I don't want to say you can tell, but I know that. There are times when the track order gets shuffled from what the artist intended to what the label intended or even the Mm -hmm. manager intended, thinking like, hey, the hit needs to be near the front or we need to spread the hits out. Like this is the first single. So that's song one or two. And then the next one has to be song like eight or nine. And then you just fill in the middle. Like there's these marketing ways of doing it. And then there's actual album sequencing. It's nothing new. It's been going on forever. Right. Um, But it is interesting to hear an artist come out and Spotify did something about it. Like Adele's Adele complained and they were like, yeah, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get rid of that. Like now it's an option you can turn on. But yeah, it's not fine. the default. Like the default is yeah. the sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it so. should never be the default. Yeah. Especially yeah. I'm someone that really appreciates the full album experience. Yeah. And that that would annoy me to no end. So I'm glad that they I don't really use Spotify either, but that um that was that's that seems stupid to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, you don't use Spotify because you don't want to contribute money to artificial military. Well, just artificial <laughs> church for the military. <laughs> that that is a new reason to not yeah. use Spotify <laughs> among yeah, the right. many others. But that's true. Um, yeah. No, I just I have I'm vinyl and Apple Music, and that's just kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the the Apple ecosystem, so I have no reason to try to get into any other streaming platforms, yeah. but, um, 
But it shouldn't take Adele to to have to do right. this kind of thing. But it is nice when someone when can exert that and they sure. listen uh, and there's some change to it. Um, in in the same vein of artists taking control of their careers, and it's funny I, we've seen a few artists do this now, mm-hmm. and I've kind of jokingly thought of it as a four hundred one k as best a rock band <laughs> can get, but like. <laughs> The Offspring did this a while back, and and there was like a weird series of articles around it, and they were like, "No, we're going to tour and we're going to make new music, but we we want to have a chunk of change from our catalog. Why not?" Um, and so Motley Crue just sold the masters to all of their back catalog to BMG for a cool one hundred and fifty million dollars. Jeez! So that this again, like if you're not well versed in this sort of legalese band can still perform these songs no problem yeah they still they still are songwriters so they do get a cut of the publishing and that also gives them a say in some of the usage on this you know if you own the masters you kind of have a lot of control about putting it in a domino's commercial if you wanted to (laughs) right but like as the if you have publishing rights, you do get a vote. You get a seat at the table still. So yeah, it's not yeah. like they're giving up complete control of it all. Um, and like I said, like there is no retirement plan in rock and roll other than just right. performing until you die or hoping that Spotify pays you your point zero one one cent for all those streams. So this is actually kind of genius. I, I yeah, there are. There are different approaches that bands have to this exact same conundrum. And again, a lot of them is we're just going to go play X amount of shows every year to make our paycheck. Um, I, again, not to bring up R.E.M. too many times. I love I love where R.E.M. is kind of at on all of this. Um, And this is me editorializing a little bit, but go for it. They have their 40 years worth of catalog or I think when they kind of their last album, they were at the 30 something year mark. Yeah. Um, and th- it, they got to a point where they had 10, 12 albums. They had all these moments that all have important songs on them. Mm-hmm. And so every year or two, they have something to celebrate, you know? So like this year, it's the new adventures in hi-fi anniversary. Yeah. Next year, it's the band's anniversary. And the year before that, it was the anniversary of reveal or monster or whatever it yeah. is. Like they can just... They can repackage. They have their they have their vault with a bunch of archives. Like they have curated their back back catalog and yeah. their vault, and they can do fan service and kind of bring back classic concerts and just celebrate their catalog every year or two. It fills the coffers, and then they go off right. and they do their own projects. You know, they produce records and do side projects and write poems and live their lives and and so their their 401k is is their catalog that they can exploit on their terms i love it like i think it's i think it's a great way to do it they've got they've got the fans they've got a pocket industry um and it's a way for them to not have to go back up on stage in their 60s which I, I probably don't want to see, and <laughs> yeah, like they don't need to do that. You know, they can just they can just be them and live their lives and celebrate what they were and who they are. Yeah, and more power yeah. to them. It's there, there's that's a intelligent way to go about it. You don't I think you so. don't have to be you know up there with the with the walker 
in the oxygen tank <laughs> trying to, yeah. you know what I mean? Just trying to keep touring until you drop. Um, I mean, it's sad. Like you do see, especially a lot of like classic blues artists and, and folk artists, like that's what they've got. They, they make their money on the road from ticket sales and yeah. that that's just their, their lot in life. And some of them love it. And some of them have a love hate relationship a with it where they're like, I, I gotta get out there. You know, like I look at Darlene love who, you know, she's got a huge thing every holiday season. And so she knows like around Christmas time, that's when she's getting paid. She's just, right. she does her, or she does her month or two's worth of shows. And then during the rest of the year, she can kind of decide what she wants to do. But right now she's making her money. Right. Um, at, to each their own, man. I, yeah. I, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that Motley Crue, uh, make a, you know, make wise decisions and don't spend $150 million <laughs> all in one place. They're a mess of a band. I think I just <laughs> so, saw a vid, a clip recently of Tommy Lee in a, in a Lambo. So oh God. We, we have clothes on. Oh, okay, cool. Partially, uh, yeah. as he, as he does, but yeah. you know, that's not an insignificant amount of money. 150 no. million, 150 mil is, uh, quite a chunk. So, oh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, good for them, more power too. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, so I'm not super well-versed in Broadway and show tunes. I, I know enough. I played in some pit orchestras in like high school. Oh. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it, the, the, the industry is mourning the loss of Stephen Sondheim this right. week. Um, so I, I, Obviously, such a huge, impactful uh, person in in that world. Um, I feel like I can't speak highly intelligently to that, but I will say that. At my, so my wife exposed me to West Side Story. Yeah, that's just what back I was when we were mention. dating. Yeah, and and it's great. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited to see the the new movie. I do like Steven Spielberg. I don't know what it's going to be like, but um, I do like West Side Story. Uh, I'm familiar with Sweeney Todd. I do like Sweeney Todd. I like Into the Woods. So I, I know enough um, and obviously uh, know enough of other stuff to know how important and impactful yeah. he was. So um, definitely definitely a sad thing. But I think he was 90, 91 or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Lived, it, a, it lived a really good life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of musicals or show tunes, but I mm-hmm. love West Side Story. There, there are a yeah. few select ones that I really, really like, and that, that is great. one of them. So yeah. I don't know how you can. Now, I'm not sure how I feel about the new movie. I'm not typically big right. on remakes. I yeah. saw the previews in the theater on Thanksgiving uh, I took my kids to go see Encanto. What did you see? Oh, yeah. how was that? It was actually amazing, believe it was or not. It? it was fantastic. Okay. But it, it it had been a long time since I'd been to the movie theater. It's been a really yeah. I think I think Joker was the last thing that I actually went to go see in the theater. I'm shocked um, that you went to a movie theater. I mean, this is exciting. There was nobody there. It was cool. <laughs> it was on Thanksgiving Day. It was a kids movie. I think there was like two other small families in the theater. So we, we were 30 feet away from anybody else. Amazing. Um, But I could not believe me and my daughter were just looking at each other. Like what is going on? There were like 45 minutes of commercials and previews. Yeah. And we were like, they were done. I got them a little snack pack, you know, with the popcorn and the Mm -hmm. candy and everything. They were done. 
with their food and drinks before the movie That's even what started. That's they want you to so, do. <laughs> so by the time the, <laughs> the West Side more. Story... <laughs> exactly. So by the time the West Side Story preview came up, I was already so annoyed with how yeah. long it was taking to get to this movie yeah. that I was annoyed by the preview. So I'll have to, I'll have to view the preview again in a different environment, a different context, because I was already irritated before the, before the trailer even started. So I hear that. we'll see. We'll see. You know, yeah. Steven Spielberg is, is, you know, in a league of his own. So <clears throat> I'm sure it will, I'm sure it'll be good. It's, 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 just not something I'm necessarily interested in. Yeah. Well, we'll um, see. We got a few things in music history here, right? Yeah, Let's hit just those. Try to hit that pretty quick. We're, we're uh, about to try to wrap up side a here. Um, but uh, just past the 20 year anniversary of the passing of George Harrison, um, as, as he aptly said, all things must pass. And yeah. he did on November 29th, 2001. Um, died of uh, lung cancer, I believe. Um, <clears throat> a few other music history notes from this week. Uh, December 2nd, 1983, MTV aired the full 14-minute version of Man. Michael Jackson's Thriller for the first time. Um, so obviously now regarded as one of the most influential vi- music videos of all time. And this is something I didn't know, but in 2009, it was actually inducted into the Library of Congress National Film Registry. Cool. So, I mean, it should be there. It the, should. The, Absolutely. The zombie moves. The zombie <laughs> moves are fantastic. It's culturally um, significant. So my, my daughter still wants to watch. It's this in Star Wars that she brings up every so often is something that she wants to watch. And I'm like, uh-huh. I can't. I mean, this he turns into a werewolf and a zombie in his eyes. And like, I can't, I yeah, can't yeah. as a father, I can't do this to a six year old. Yeah, it's a bit. No. Yeah. It, yeah. For I, six yeah, I, I was probably, probably eight or nine, and, something like yeah. that, when I first saw it. Yeah, um, but nightmare fuel, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also on December second in two thousand and two, uh, Liam Gallagher was of Oasis was arrested and charged with assault after kicking a police officer in Munich, Germany. You know, resulting in a, a I think it was a bar fight. Um, the singer ended up losing his two front teeth in the brawl in the brawl. And later he claimed the police had pulled his Jeez. front teeth out with pliers on purpose. Also nightmare fuel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> also nightmare fuel. What? I mean, the Gallagher's are just an endless. <laughs> I, it's so amazing. I cannot believe they're real. <laughs> an entertaining if, if he, mess, but a mess. D- I would not suggest following him on Twitter because <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll pollute your app, but oh, check God. in from time to time because it's bananas. <laughs> just go down like, that it, rabbit hole. Stuff happens on there where I can't, it's, it's in code. I don't know what is going on. So <laughs> my namesake, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of nightmare fuel. So on December oh, 3rd God, yeah. in 1976, um, a 40 foot in, well, this is a slightly um, more lighthearted nightmare. A, fo- a 40 foot inflatable pig 
was seen floating over London after breaking free from its restraints. The pig was being photographed for the album cover of the forthcoming Pink Floyd album, Animals. Wow. Um, The Civil Aviation Authority issued a warning to all pilots in the area about the loose inflatable pig. The pig eventually crash-landed into a barn in Kent, where the farmer complained that his cows were spooked by the incident. <laughs> this is why we have CGI now, obviously, <laughs> yeah. right? Like this, this is such a hey, do you, you kids don't understand what AOL Instant Messenger was yeah. moment, where we're like, hey, if we wanted something on an album cover, we had to make the pig. Yeah, we couldn't just like have a computer draw it. You know, <laughs> like it's crazy that it was a real pig, a forty yep. foot. Thanksgiving Day Parade pig. Exactly. It is crazy. (laughs) So nightmare fuel for those cows. Making bacon. They're not used to seeing a 40-foot pig. That's right. Yeah, pigs came home. And then more nightmare fuel of a more serious note, and we talked about this recently, but December 3rd, 1979 was um, when that uh, disaster struck at the Who concert uh, in Cincinnati, or 11... Uh, fans lost their lives after being trampled. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, you know, obviously we're still, I think kind of waiting to, to see what comes of the, the tragedy in, in Houston at the, at Astroworld. But um, you know, it's, it's really tragic to even think about. Yeah. And then um, one, one last tragedy and then we'll get more lighthearted. Yeah. This Um, is bleak, man. December 3rd, 2015, uh, American musician, singer, songwriter, Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots died on his tour bus right before a show at the age of 48. So, wow. Yep. And then they went on to, they had Chester Bennington in the band for oh. a while. So Jeez. I yeah, I don't know yeah. what's going on there. That's yeah. I don't, I don't know what yeah. they're doing. But um, so some, dark. So, some quick so birthdays, dark. and then we'll flip it over. <laughs> we'll, we'll get real lighthearted with some with some uh, holiday gift guides for the vinyl yeah. fan in your Merry life. Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, December first, nineteen forty-four. John Densmore, drummer for The Doors, who we just spoke about on a recent episode. We did. December first, nineteen fifty-one. Happy birthday to Jacko Pastorius, jazz bass player with The Weather Report. Uh, also played with Joni Mitchell, and I think mentioned in a recent episode as well that he yeah. actually passed away of uh, head injuries after a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so, something crazy like that. I do remember. Yeah. These these musicians getting into bar fights and getting hurt. Man, <laughs> but he still had his teeth, so that's good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody pulled his teeth out with pliers. Apparently not. That's cool, yeah. I hope not. Um, and then December 1st, 1977, Happy birthday to Brad Delson, guitarist uh, of Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Foo Fighters, December 2nd, 1968, Nate Mendel was born, bassist for the Foo Fighters, uh, previously with Sunny Day Real Estate. And then speaking of Britney Spears, December 2nd, 1981, happy birthday, Britney Spears. Um, December 3rd, get this, 1948. Wow. John Michael Osborne, you know him as Ozzy. Born this day in 1948. He's he's about the same. Yeah, he's about the same age as my dad. It's one of those weird things when you see this kind of stuff and you're like, Dad, Ozzy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, man, this is weird. Yeah. 
And then December 4th, 1944, uh, American musician, singer-songwriter Dennis Wilson, co-founder and middle brother of the Beach Boys. Um, Mm -hmm. Wilson actually drowned while swimming from his boat uh, that was moored in Marina del Rey, California. Um, Passed away December 28th, 1983. I remember... I remember, obviously, like, I wasn't even born when this happened. I learned about the Beach Boys, you know, growing up. I was raised on Beatles and Beach Boys. And I remember, I don't even know who told me. It's pre-internet. Somebody told me that a Beach Boy drowned in the ocean or whatever. And I was like, this, is a, this isn't real. That sounds boy. like a joke. <laughs> He's a Beach Boy. He sang he can't about drown. surfing. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the craziest thing. How could that be real? Uh, but yeah, very, very sad. Like the history of the Beach Boys is, is pretty bleak. And you got, uh, what's his face? Uh, Manson in, involved in there. Oh, it's, a, it's a whole mess. It's yeah. a mess. <laughs> it's a real mess. And then last but not least, we just talked about him earlier, but December 4th, 1969, Sean Carter, you know him as Jay-Z. Or Young Hove. Or, or any other, he's Hove. probably up there. <laughs> if we do that. Yeah analysis of who's got the most yeah nicknames yeah i'm sure he's got a bunch yeah he's up there yeah i'm gonna make a list i promise i'll start making a list yeah we'll we'll do it eventually um (laughs) but we got we got some holiday shopping to do and we're gonna make some recommendations we've got some categories we're gonna go over uh, but we will do that when we come back on side b on this 13th holiday episode of retro groove yeah boy (laughs) side b of this 13th episode of retro groove uh we're kicking off the holiday season and so we thought it'd be a good idea to put together a little um holiday shopping guide for that music fan in your life the vinyl freak the the collector um Mm -hmm. you know or maybe you're just looking for ideas for something to treat yourself and yeah. we've got some thoughts on the subject. So we're going to, we've got some categories that we predetermined, but we have not, this will be kind of fun because we haven't shared with each other uh, any of the items or albums that we've selected. It's so, kind of like a secret Santa, except we didn't <laughs> get these for each other. <laughs> yes. But how about this? It's it's the things that I would get you if I could. It's the thought that counts. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's lots of thoughts for <laughs> lots you. Lots of th- lots of thoughts. A number of different thoughts. 
And yeah, I mean, you have you might have an audiophile, you might have just a person that you know who listens to music sometimes, and you're like, meh, well, maybe I'll get them something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a, a wide uh, spectrum of the way that people uh, love and engage with music, and so I think we've touched on uh, with these categories, I think we hit a little bit of everything here. Yeah. Yeah, we tried to um, do that. Let, let's start with the fireplace, right? You get the stockings up. Um we're Hung thinking by like the chimney oh. with care. Now, with your stocking stuffer, your first mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Did you did you go with something that actually fits in a stocking? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. I appreciate that because my wife came home today and she was like, "I got some stocking stuffers," and then she opened up the bag, and <laughs> of the five things that she bought, four of them won't fit in a stocking. <laughs> and I'm like. It's not a stocking stuffer. And she's like, well, no, it's like a small thing. And I'm like, yeah, small price wise, you went to five below, but like (laughs) we can't fit. Where are we putting these? And it kind of dawned on her like, yeah, I guess they're going like on the floor underneath the stockings. I don't know. (laughs) Or you need a bigger stocking. Yeah. In, my, in my family, we actually, we went through this phase, not, not a you phase. Use pants. You just we're, have pants. We're really yeah. big on stockings. And okay. so when we were kids, my dad got so into the stockings that at one point we had stockings that you could literally fit a small child into the entire stocking. Like wow. huge, like our stockings were like four feet tall and like a foot in diameter. So All right. we Just had some onesies, major, yeah. exactly. Some long body sock <laughs> <laughs> is what these were. That's, I'm picturing like <laughs> Teletubby style body socks hanging empty by the fireplace. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's creeping me out. This is a third, a weird 13th episode. I will say <laughs> <laughs> definitely a weird one. Yeah. But I'm enjoying um, so, it. So, so for my, my stocking stuffer, uh, I went with something that, um, and, and I'll, I'll be, I'll say up front, that admittedly, I, a good portion of the things that I have on my list are things I don't actually have. A lot of them are things that I want, but oh, as yeah. I as I made the list, I thought it was going to be things that I have, and it wound up just organically being primarily things that I don't have, but I have my eye on, and I'm like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool if like Santa brought that. <laughs> so, uh, but this is one thing I actually do have. So. Um, I have a, a little card game called Mixtape. I don't know oh. if you've ever heard of Mixtape. No. Um, but it is, if you're familiar with like apples to apples or right. maybe cards against humanity, whatever it is, where you've got a theme and then everybody kind of says something. It's like Balderdash. Um, but for Mixtape, a person pulls a card and it could say, um, you know, you're... The, the funniest song that you ever heard at a wedding or, or, the, or the most popular song at a wedding, or it could be like the song that you had your first kiss to, or it could be like, you know, what you put on when you're in the bathroom and you want to cover up the sound. Like there's all these different things that can uh-huh. be. Um, and so it's everybody else's responsibilities to have a, a phone or a tablet or whatever with a streaming service pulled up and you go through and you pick out, the song that you want to, that you think is most applicable for you or that you think is going to get the most votes. Cause that's the goal. Right. Um, and, uh, and each person plays the song and then the voting kind of happens. And the person who pulled the card kind of has the deciding vote usually. Um, but hilarity tends to ensue. Somebody throws, you know, white wedding on during the wrong, 
the <laughs> wrong moment or something and and it just gets really funny um it's like 20 bucks you can you can find it pretty easily um yeah just get it online but it's it's a just it's a fun thing um i find that it transcends uh you need like at least three people and you need people who have some sort of yeah understanding of musical pop culture but i've had parents and i've had different ages play along with us and like you can get some really funny uh things tossed in there where the sort of pop culture or toilet humor or whatever it is that comes out in other games that are like this Uh where it's a little more open-ended i do like the focus on music it's like you need to have a song be your punchline or your nostalgia tie-in or whatever you're going to do to get the votes as opposed to just being a very clever person who can come up with a, fu- a funny a funny thing in the moment um mm-hmm. so it's it's just it's a fun light game it's a good mixer yeah. i like I, I like a good icebreaker at a at a family event or Definitely. whatever and it's better than uno you know i don't, yeah. I don't need to play uno so you know. uh, no that sounds really fun um, this one I went, uh, this was the topic that I actually had the most trouble with. Um, but I did, I did find something out and it's actually on more on the practical side. Um, but there's a product, um, that was actually, uh, developed and, um, um, it's sold by one of my local record shops, but you can buy it on, uh, their website at breakawayrecordshop.com. Um, they have a product called the Breakaweight, and mm-hmm. what this is is a uh, turntable weight that oh, goes. On. It goes on this spindle on top of your record. It um, it's it's supposed to stabilize the record um, for you know hypothetically a more. Um, you know, less likely to, to get, pick up vibrations from, you know, some, someone walking across the floor, uh, Uh and causing, you know, the needle to, to vibrate from, from that. Um, particularly with, you know, like 45 that are smaller, it can weigh them down and, and, and call make it less likely for them to skip or, or have, have issues. Um, and one side actually has the sizing for the 45, so you can flip it over and it spaces your, your 45 for you. Um, that's $40 and, um, they're, they're, uh, they're stainless steel and they're actually pretty attractive looking, uh, but it's called the breakaways and, um, highly recommend actually now that I'm looking at it, they're sold out on their website. So I don't know if I did that. (laughs) Well, so they'll come there. It says they're coming back in stock. Nice. The The funny thing is, so I also had a vinyl weight in like in the stocking stuffer oh, note nice. that I had. Mm-hmm. And then I shifted it a little bit. So it transitions to the next segment nicely because uh, I, there are a bunch of great weights out there. And I, I I've always had my eye on them. However, my turntable is not that great. It's very old. It's an old belt turntable, yeah. and I've always been concerned that putting a weight on some of my older warped records or whatever might kind of be too much for my setup. It might it might put too much wear and tear on my belt. So I am going to go on to this buying on a budget 
category. Uh, what I put in is a clamp instead. Oh. Um, so, so if you don't want to go with a weight, there are some really cool weights out there. So I'm not saying if you have a like a newer turntable or something that you think can support it, I think a weight's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Clamps make me a little nervous because you are like it, it's a little more cumbersome, and you've got it's a lot of them. There's like a you you put down like a felt thing, and then you put the record on top of it and then you put the clamp on to hold it in place basically uh-huh. um it just makes me a little nervous i also don't know how often i would actually use it um but for a system that uh, might not do well under the the stress of some added pressure mm-hmm. um it's a, a clamp is is the alternative that i've been looking at so while you've got the weight in your stocking, I'll put the I'll put the clamp in a nice little box under the tree. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I didn't even know that something like that existed. So that that seems like it's a good alternative. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Really cool. Um, so for for my budget item, I went a little bit outside the box, and it is something that I own and that I've I've gotten comments on uh, positive comments on from people. So it's it's something that I I love and I recommend. But um, Ikea makes um, an aluminum picture frame. I think it's, it's I don't know, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's like Lomviken, L-O-M-V-I-K-E-N. And they have a particular size that is exactly the correct size for an album cover. It's 12 and a half by 12 and a half inches. Um, it comes with a little white uh, border thing i can't remember the name of it what's, mm-hmm. what's that thing called um but that can matting. be re- it's removed the matting matting yeah. you can remove the matting and um it's uh wall mountable and it's just it's like kind of brushed aluminum look it's really attractive and just like a perfect um literally the perfect size i've never had any trouble fitting any um albums in in there and you can change it out pretty easily and um I'll, you know, if you have a wall where your record player is on, it's nice to have that display up, put some of your favorite records up there yeah. um, or what have you. And they're cheap. They're like eight bucks a piece. Um, so definitely, yeah, definitely something that can make your little music area a little bit more attractive and, and fun. I love having vinyl up all over the, I mean, I've got like different rooms have different records in it. I, I, I love the look of it. I swap yeah. them out sometimes. It's just cool. It's easy easy to interchange and kind of change the vibe of a room. Yeah, definitely. You can throw some Pat Benatar up, and then you can swap her out for uh, Pete Townsend, or uh, you just like throw whatever you're whatever Anything. you're feeling. You know, maybe some meatloaf or Huey Lewis. Um, <laughs> I you do. I, I've had one or two incidents, and it's not IKEA, so very good call. I've definitely bought frames that I thought because they were shaped right and they looked the right size. Mm -hmm. And now I've got like two of them that don't actually hold an, an LP. Like I think I could get the actual vinyl disc in there, but like I can't actually get the sleeve, like the artwork into the, a couple of these frames. It's very strange that it exists, but it's just a little too small for a vinyl record. I don't know what else you would be putting in it. Um, but I do have just like sitting in a, cause I didn't throw it out. Cause I'm like, I'll find a way to use this someday. Yeah, figure it out. But I have two of them sitting in my basement here where it's just like someday I'm going to use this for something. Yeah. Um, it's, I, 
People will think that we planned this, I'm going to say, because it is so weird how all of your things are dovetailing into mine. I promise that we did not discuss any it's of It's just how this show works, man. It's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah, that's right. But the, so the next subject is the newcomer essential. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if you're if you have somebody who's getting into uh, vinyl, but doesn't know, like maybe hasn't built up their full infrastructure yet, but you're also not going to drop hundreds of dollars on this person. Right. Um, Ikea. Colix shelves. Yep. Like they're like 40 bucks for the the like four squares two by two. or like mm-hmm. 60 60 for the three by two or whatever not breaking the bank they fit perfectly they look beautiful um and like getting furniture for somebody for christmas can be a little dicey but if it's someone who's starting to collect vinyl like look i love a crate I love a cardboard box. They, they, they like digging through crates and, and kind of, I, I, there's been a part of me that wishes I could recreate my own record store in my basement where my vinyl is all stacked and yeah. you can just kind of thumb through it. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> so I have lovely Calyx shelves that everything sits on and it looks beautiful and it's well organized and I highly recommend it. And uh, who doesn't love Ikea? Kia's great. You could live there. <laughs> you could live there. And I also, I have the, the two by four, um, Calax in the Walnut effect. That's where my records live. Um, when they're not in boxes in moving boxes, like they are at this moment, but when yeah. they, when they make it to their new destination safely, they will go back in the Calax because it just works so well. I will put a word of warning out there. On the larger Calyx units, like the big, big, like the five mm-hmm. by five. Um, oh, that's too much. Not sure about the four by four. I have seen some not safe for life images on the internet Ooh. of yeah. collapsed Calyx shelves that were obviously way over overburdened with weight. Right. So yeah. you have to make sure to get the right ones. If you have a larger collection, I would recommend getting a number of smaller ones i wouldn't go bigger probably than the than the two by four unit the two cubes by four cubes yeah Um, i think and then they actually think you're supposed to actually have those upright the way that they're constructed because then it's one solid shelf across rather than the individual pieces in between um that's just a, a a small caveat as when when purchasing calyx get get this get the smaller ones stick with the smaller ones um, and the walnut effect is a little bit more expensive, but it looks great. I think it's like 80, yeah. 80 bucks instead of the normal 60 or 70. Um, yeah. but definitely worth it. Yeah. I, I will also say that I think if you get to the state where you need the five by five, you probably need to sort out something that's not Ikea. I know right. that I'm singing, <laughs> we're singing the praises of Ikea, but I do think that like at that point, You've created uh, an archive or your own personal museum, and yes. <laughs> uh, and it's it's time it's time for some built-ins. Absolutely, you know? like I think <laughs> I think it's custom. You've, you've gotten serious. Yeah, this is serious now. I so before you go on this one because sure. everything's dovetailed. Does your newcomer essential have anything to do with Kanye West? 
N- not necessarily. <laughs> okay, good. All right, great. So then I, I, I don't think I don't think these uh, these collisions are gonna are gonna continue. But you you go ahead. That's fine. Um, so my my newcomer essential is um, protective outer sleeves uh, for your nice. records. I know it's very you know utilitarian, uh, but you know it's something that I waited far too long to buy for myself and would have been overjoyed if somebody had bought them for me. Um, there's a brand called vinyl style that's style without the E on the end. You can get a 50 pack of them for 13 bucks, either on, on turd table lab or on Amazon. You can get a hundred pack for $23 and mm-hmm. it just protects, you know, you're, you're, you're moving them around the shelf. You're taking them in and out. Um, it, it can be one extra step when you're, you know, putting a record on, but it protects, it protects your vinyl. It's, it's, it's a, um, no, no muss, no fuss. You, sl- you slip it in the sleeve and it's protected, you know, can help if, especially if you have, um, <laughs> I learned this the hard way too, is particularly older records. Mm-hmm. Um, cats love to sharpen their claws. Oh, dude, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. And I, oh my <laughs> gosh, did I have experienced that too? I, I, <laughs> Came back from work and I was like, what did you do? Yeah. So that's a thing. And this is, this is something that can protect against that, uh, as well. So strongly recommend the, the, um, outer sleeves, the protective sleeves for your, for your records strongly. Amazing. I, I, that is something I've never thought of. I have, you know, sometimes when I buy records, they come with them. Right. But I definitely have a ton that don't, it's like the Nintendo cartridges. Like some of them have those black things and most of them don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I, that's a really good idea. I definitely, I definitely should invest in some of those. Strongly Um, recommend it. All right. So, uh, so our, our picks didn't coalesce, which is, is cool. You know, that's the way that's fine. Can't, can't keep the, can't keep that going the whole time. No. Um, so I'm going to go to that, uh, that tricky person that has everything and you're like, I don't, uh, what am I going to get that? Like, they're going to think is cool. I'm thinking like the audio file who's got a bunch of stuff and is just like, uh, yeah, like I you can't even figure out what to get for them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pretty big ticket item. You know, this is a, a, I know that we've got a splurge big ticket category. I went a little ham on this one as well. That's all right. Um, because I think that it's really cool. So Kanye West, love him or hate him, uh, released uh, a stem player. It's the Donda stem player it is this like three inch round rubber disc and you can it it there's a there's an online site that you can plug into i obviously don't have this but it's something i've been eyeing um where you can download the complete donda album all the stems from it and then Hmm. It's got this like sliding interface where you move your hand over these lights and you can kind of pull, do remixes of all the songs and, and you can reverse everything and boost stuff and like do loops, like a lot of different looping effects and everything. But the really cool thing is it's not just, 
Yeah, it'd be kind of lame if it was just reserved for that one album. Yeah, I was going to ask. Why, why would you ever do that? But you can upload any song to this. Oh. And it does, it does a very good, it, it can't be great, but it does a very good, from videos and stuff that I've watched, a very good job of splitting out an MP3 of any song to the point where you can mess with it. And so it's this little okay. handheld remixer it makes stems it so it kind of isolates the drums and the bass and the vocals and the high end and and you can do a remix and you can you can save it you can you can make your own loops and make your own thing um it seems like such a fun toy that i would never use but (laughs) but like I'm so I've watched like 10 videos about this thing I'm I'm enthralled by it just the way like the interface is really cool uh it's the Donda stem player just do yourself a favor and take a look at it you don't need to buy it for anybody you probably shouldn't buy it for yourself but if you've got 200 bucks and you oh. just love messing around with sounds as you sit on your couch or whatever, or like if you wanted to like, if you're like taking a flight and you're like, I'm just going to be an EDM artist, you know, like it's kind of a fun way to just spitball and be creative and toss stuff around. If you're into sampling yeah. and loops and, and remixing. Well, I was actually, I mean, you, you talked it up as if like I was imagining it, you know, being a thousand dollars or something. So two or $300 is not that bad for no. something with that kind of capability. I'm looking at it right now and it seems it's a high end toy. It's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big kid toy. It's, yeah. you know, it's, we buy switches, we buy video games, you know, we, yeah, it's less than a phone, but it also <laughs> does one thing and that's remixing songs. Why so, not? Seems, yeah. it seems like a fun way to get into that if you were kind of interested in that, but didn't want to drop, you know, $1,500 on an actual sampler. Yeah. I'm, and I'm also like. visualizing, like if you give it to somebody who knows a little bit about music or knows a little bit about music tech, they're mm-hmm. going to sit there for a while and get their, their experience out of it and have yeah. find out, find something really fun to do with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So for, uh, I'm actually in a similar price point. Um, my gift for the person that has everything, um, I went with a gift membership to uh, VMP. VMP is uh, Vinyl Me Please. It's a it's a vinyl oh. monthly membership or subscription service. Mm-hmm. Um, which there are a number of these out there. They're they're kind of I, I would probably call them one of, if not the premier. Uh, vinyl subscription service. They also do a lot of their own uh, pressings. I have their, um, I have two of Fiona Apple's albums that were pressed by VMP. They always cool. do high quality. Pre- Actually, they also are the ones that recently um, re-released all of the Mars Volta albums, and they're all on amazing-looking colored vinyl. Um, so it's a great company. They are on the more expensive side. Um, their, their records are typically in the 40 to $50 ballpark, but they are high quality pressings and typically are unique in one way or another. Um, they, they have, uh, various membership, uh, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, but you also can pick from different, um, genres. There's the classics, 
collection. There's the essentials collection. There's a hip hop or there's country. And um, like most of these services, and this is the reason why I went for it for the person that has everything is um, because if you, if you get something and you're like, Oh, I already have this or you don't Mm -hmm. like it, you can exchange it for a different record of your choosing. Oh, that's awesome. So you're not, you're not stuck with what you get for that month. You can send it back and get something else. Right. Um, which is m- most subscription services uh, of of any item are are like that, um, but you know f- to be able to do that with a with a you know vinyl record is is fantastic. So um, they're they're a good company. Again, they are uh, they get a little bit of flack for being on the expensive side, but um, I think their I think their prices are on the high end of reasonable. <laughs> We'll, we'll put it, we'll put it that way. I've definitely seen like you, you the quality is fantastic. I've yep. seen a lot of it. Now, if we were talking about hanging vinyl around the house, I mean, like that is the kind of stuff that you, you can hang <laughs> on the wall and it, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's a great call. Um, so for Christmas, when you were growing up, mm-hmm. were you the person who, Looked under the tree after you got done with your body stocking. Um, <laughs> were you? Did you look under the tree and identify whatever it was that year, the NES or whatever that you're you're like that box over there? That's that's the one. That's probably <laughs> that's the bike, right? You can tell it's a bike. That's, well, the bike you can usually vi- tell. <laughs> yeah, that's my video game console. Did, did you did you did you scope that out? I mean, I feel like most kids scope it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I and, pretty much had an idea of what I was getting anyway because I would right. ask for it, but and, right. <laughs> but now, yeah, I would I would definitely size up boxes and you know rattle them a little bit to try to find yeah. out how many Lego sets I was getting. Yeah, <laughs> you now, can wait, tell a Lego you, set once you once you identified it though. Did you save it for the end? Was it dessert? Like, were you just like, oh, yeah, definitely. Let me get everything else opened up because my Nintendo 64 is right over there. And once I open my Nintendo 64, uh, it's all over. You yeah. Know? Like <laughs> I definitely did that because I was also the kid that if I got a bag of gummy bears, I would, mm. I would pour all the gummy bears out and then eat them in reverse favorite order. Like oh my God. <laughs> I would eat, I would eat the green ones first because they were my least favorite and I would save right. the clear ones for the end. Cause the those were my favorite ones. Yeah. They're like pineapple. I think. Yeah. That's your favorite. Yep. Wow. It was, okay. it would go I like green. Usually people go with like a red or a red was like the that. second favorite. Yeah. So I would go like, okay. y- usually it would go yellow, green, red, and then clear. Wow. Okay. Well, so yes, orange was in there somewhere. I think yeah. orange, it depends on, on what brand and what you're getting, but <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I was definitely the kid that would save whatever my favorite thing was for the last. Okay. So then, so then we did that here because yep. our last item is our splurge. The splurge. It's, the, it's, it's the big ticket thing. It's like, <laughs> what are you going to get somebody when you're like, uh, I caught like, not that money is no, uh, restriction, but you can you can open up the 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 wallet a bit more. Yeah. Um, or if you so really want to treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for me, uh, my pick is also a bit of a slippery slope. Um, 
I have slipped and sloped down this before. Uh, I have slipped my parents down this slope. Oh, wow. Um, it Generational is, slippery uh, slope. That's right. Yeah, slippage. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, Sonos. So oh. I, I love Sonos so much. Uh, I will say that I do not love that all of the new speakers come with Alexa integration because oh. I don't want her in my house. No, not at all. But but um, you can you can turn it off. You can get non Alexa speakers. Um, Sonos is the, the cool thing about Sonos uh, is that I had one speaker that I got at like a discount price initially. And I had it in like our living room and you've got an app and it syncs up to your streaming service. Or if you've got like I've got a lot of my vinyl and CDs uh, ripped onto a hard drive, like a, a, a local cloud, it can sync that, too. And so if there's stuff that's not in your streaming service, you can still easily play it from your phone oh, nice. on a nice quality speaker. Uh-huh. Um, but then the, the the hook for Sonos is that. You know, each room can act independently or you can everything can work simultaneously and seamlessly. And so there's times when, like, my wife's taking a shower. And so now we have a Sonos speaker in the bathroom and she's listening to what she wants to listen to. And I'm out in the living room and I'm listening to something else. And now my daughter's got one and she can listen to Avril Lavigne or whatever. You know, like we have there are times when all three of us are simultaneously listening to completely different things oh, all that's over cool. the house. That's good. And then there's times when it's like, hey, we're having a dance party. And then <laughs> you just check the box of like every speaker in this house is going to do this thing and you throw this on and I don't care if you're doing laundry downstairs or if you're in the back room like cleaning up or you're in the kitchen, like everything is playing this song. It is, it again, it's completely seamless. Um, the speakers are pricey, and to get the full effect of what I'm discussing, right. you gotta start. You gotta start buying them. But I, right. the ones that I'm talking about, I mean, I've had Sonos speakers now. My first one I got almost ten years ago still works. Um, the OS does update, and certain things do kind of. Uh, they they had a hiccup about three, two or three years ago, where like some of the real OG, including my first speaker, were going to be kind of phased out of integration mm. and consumers freaked out. And so they were like, oh, no, 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 actually, it's fine. <laughs> Never it's, mind. Uh, they're, all, they're all still going to work. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, that's good. They haven't they haven't pulled that again uh, yet. But I, I, honestly, it's almost every year, basically, like it's every year or so for the past decade I have gotten some form of Sono thing, Sonos thing. Nice. I've got a, I got a bar in our living room for our TV. I've got the kitchen. I got the bathroom. Like it is such a fun thing when you don't want. To, I love a vinyl record. I love putting something on and having it be the centerpiece. But when you mm-hmm. don't need that and you want the application of just immersing yourself, your family, the moment, I like during the holidays or during a birthday party when you can just like throw on a playlist or throw on a radio station or something and it just goes. Um, It is, uh, it is such a fun thing to do and you can get the smaller speakers for people and they're, you know, it's like 150, 200 bucks. Like it's not that crazy. Mm -hmm. The nicer speakers are three, $400. Um, But again, it's a slippery slope. I got one for my parents (laughs) 
they liked it enough where they were like, oh, I'm going to get one for the bedroom. And now they're like, oh, I think I'm going to get one and put it up by the pool. You know, like they right. like they like it. You get one and then you're like, well, I really probably need two. And then you're like, well, I could I could have three now. Right. Exactly. Like you just you, it, it, it is. It, it's a yeah, definitely builds. But well, high, there, high recommendation for me. Isn't there a way to hook up? I could swear there's a, that one of my friends has his record player hooked up to his sono stuff yeah isn't there a way to do yeah, there's oh, a okay. bridge there's a bridge where you can run an aux into it okay um that would I, be essential for me <laughs> that would be a, yeah if it didn't have that that would be a deal breaker for me yeah yeah i mean you can to to use it as a i mean that would be really cool i had never thought of that but like if i could hook my record player up to the bridge and have that play throughout the entire house mm-hmm. is that is I'm going to have to look into this. Actually. Yeah. I, like I, yeah. I never put two and two together. I was like, yeah, it's just another speaker. But now I'm like, oh no, my house is the speaker. That's <laughs> right. kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> why not? I mean, if you've got a record that you want to listen to, why not listen to it in the shower? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great idea. Sounds yeah. cool to me. That that's what would sell it for me. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, uh, you know, hooking up a, a record player to your Sono stuff. Um, I actually went with, a a company called U-Turn and I don't, I don't know if you've seen these record players, but Mm -mm. they, they make a turntable called the orbit and they are uh, a small company based out of Woburn, Massachusetts. And um, they have various um, levels of uh, their turn, their orbit turntable. There's a basic, there's a plus, there's a special, Um, but they have uh, something called the orbit custom where you okay. can essentially, you know, take what they have and create your turntable. And so if you go with the custom option, you're, you're going to spend, I, I did like the most bare bones. You're going to spend like $200 and on the high end. If you add all the highest quality stuff, all the bells and whistles, you're going to spend 700, but there's anywhere within that range as well. So you can kind of, you know, pick your budget and then, mm-hmm grab what you want based on, on that, but it comes in a bunch of different colors and, um, three or four different, uh, wood grains as well. If you want to spend a little bit more to get the wood grain, um, you can choose a, either the plain black or a clear acrylic platter. And I've actually seen people, um, modify their orbits, that have the clear platter and put led lights underneath. So it shines through the clear platter. Yeah. Cause it kind of glows through the whole clear platter. So that's really, really cool. So you can make some some fun color combinations with that. And then, you know, you can add a a preamp into uh, the turntable. If you need one rather than Mm -hmm. having to buy it separately, Um, you can choose between five different cartridges ranging from bare bones to, you know, high end, um, uh, cartridges. So, uh, I built one, I was like, all right, let me see like how good I can do and get one that I would be super happy with and not spend $700. And I actually came up, I I came up with like a $270 turntable that I was super happy with. So you're going to make me buy this some night. They look really, really cool. (laughs) I am um, going to treat myself. <laughs> so like the only downsides is that it's, it, they're not automatic. So you're cueing the, uh, you know, the arm, the tone arm yourself yeah, every time. That's fine. Um, and the, there is the option for the, um, um, 
the cue lever, just that little lever that you can, so you're not mm-hmm. literally manually touching the tone arm yourself. Um, and also the, the method of changing the speed from 33 to 44 RPM back and forth is changing the position of the belt. Um, oh, which weird. is, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not as bad as you would think it's the belt is visible and it, uh-huh. you can see it and it's connected to the spindle, which is on the, the back of the turntable, or I should say it's on the top, but towards the the back side of the top of the turntable. So right. it's just as simple as kind of, you know, stretching it and moving it over. You don't have to like take the platter off and do anything crazy okay. with the internal okay. workings of it. It's right there on top. It's um, an interesting design choice though. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I think it's cool. just, they, they keep it as simple as possible in, yeah. in the construction. Um, and it's a lot less, you know, moving parts than having yeah. an internal mechanism that switches the speed. Um, and then also it keeps the motor itself simple rather than having yeah. a variable speed motor. So makes sense. Yeah. So that's my, I mean, that's my, I dig that. that's what I want. So yeah. that, <laughs> that now, was, <laughs> now I want it too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I still, and I was actually, I was going to go with this as my budget, um, item, but then we kind of agreed that the budget sh- should be $50 or less, but yeah. I'm still rocking my audio technica LP 60, which is probably the best quote unquote entry level turntable that you can get. I got mm. mine for like a hundred bucks a few years ago. I think they're nice. like one thirty now. Um, yeah. but if, you know, if you're not looking to spend 300 plus on a turntable and you're tr- just getting started. So that's my little side note recommendation is the Audio Technica LP60 for for like right. entry level entry level? I mean, this is what I want. I needed a turntable. I uh, recommendation because it's going to happen at some point soon. Just yep. like I'm, I've got my old Mac here. I'm going to have to replace that at some point, and I'm running on an old Sanyo Grandpa hand me down turntable that I'm using, and it's got some beautiful nostalgia to it. And I don't, I don't want to stop using it, but at the same time, it's a cheap Sanyo from the seventies. So yeah, what, like I need something that's actually going to give me a decent sound and, and, and quality. So uh, this sounds good. I'm going to have to dig in on it. Yeah. Um, now what we're going to put on those turntables is another question. And yep. as we kind of wrap up here, we, we both agreed and, and look, there's something almost intrusive uh, about giving somebody music as a gift. I've done it a few times. There's been a handful of albums and people with certain albums where I'm like, I'm giving you something else. But in addition to that, I have you have to yeah. have this. Like, I just think and if you don't listen to it, it's fine. But <coughs> music, ha- music has such a personal connection that. I both am inclined to want to share it with someone, but also it's, um, it's a surprisingly intimate gift. It is. It's very, and it's like a presumptuousness to it where it's just like here I'm, it's like, it's different from giving a, you don't give DVDs anymore or a video (laughs) game or anything, but it's like that. It's like, it's not like that where you're just like, here's the thing you might, um, want to read, like give someone a book and you're like, okay, maybe I'll read this. Maybe I won't or give them a DVD. Maybe I'll watch this. Maybe I won't. But when you give somebody music, this could just be me, but when you give somebody music, it's kind of like, 
well, now I, now like you're, you're making me like, I have to listen to this. Cause like the only reason that you give someone music is because you have a deep bond to it and you want to share it with them. So we we're going to share a few must have LPs here that for me, at least it's albums where I don't have that feeling. Like I, I, they have deep meaning for me. I think they're yeah. beautiful albums, but I don't but like have you that should feeling have of this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no matter what, I'm not enforcing my own experiences on you or my own opinions on you. It's just like universally, this is an album that I think everybody should probably have or have listened to and it's worth just yeah. having in the stack so that if you're having for some of mine a sad day or some of mine a happy day you have this thing to throw on randomly and it's just there in your kind of quiver of cool records yeah um now i think you've got a few more than me well <laughs> i have such a difficult time choosing yeah these types of things so i did end up rather than four different albums i came up with four different categories and then right. narrowed it down to like choose either this one or that one from that category so it's really okay. just you know two per category instead of one um, all right now my my categories don't gel with yours as that's i'm okay. looking at them here um but why don't you why don't you tell me your classic rock let's start with let's start with your classic rock all right so this this is gonna this is already just so cliche right off the bat but Sure. If we're talking about, you know, just classic rock albums, you got to go either Abbey Road or Dark Side of the Moon. Right. It's al- it's almost it's almost silly. It's it's like it's 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 like the running joke in all the vinyl circles like, "Oh, did that Dark Side of the Moon come with your turntable?" Like it's like yeah. you know what I mean? It's I it's, think I have 3 copies of it. <laughs> It's just I one of I've those albums, them. Yeah. yeah. but it's also, it's also has something to do with the fact that that album, both of those albums really, um, is a lot of people's first foray into the, if not the concept album experience, the whole front to back album experience. Yeah. Because for sure. with, with dark side of the moon, yeah. It's, it's, it's a concept album. Essentially you listen to it start to finish. It's not an album that you skip songs and particularly for folks that are new to vinyl. One thing that is kind of other than literally having physical media rather than a digital file is the fact that it is more linear. It's not, you don't typically go skipping songs and, you know, only listening to your, your favorite three or four songs on the album, you typically put it on the first song, you let it play through the whole album, you flip it over, listen to all of side B. That's the typical vinyl listening experience. So with an, with albums like these, you know, you've got side B of Abbey road that all the songs flow into each other in such a interesting way. And you've got um, so much going on on the entirety of dark side of the mood. It's just such a great vinyl album experience. So that was my kind of like classic rock full album uh, essentials in my book. Yeah, I'm it's good. It's interesting because I'm thinking I'm looking at my list and I'm I'm listening to your list and I'm like, do I I don't think I'm going to have all these like I'm looking at my (laughs) list and I 
I have them all in some form. A lot of them are CD. I yeah, think I have that's fine. one of mine one of mine on vinyl, but like I I I don't think I think I have Abbey Road on CD. I think it's just like a burned CD. I don't even think I own a proper copy of Abbey oh. Road. That is something that I should probably have. Yeah. It's a good call. What about um, you? I, I, I'm going to try and co-align some of mine here as we go back and forth. So sure. for me, I think the obvious in, in where I'm going here would be pet sounds. Nice. But, but that was, I considered that as well. I'll put that out there. That was one that was in the running for sure. But I'm not going to do pet sounds. Okay. I'm going to do the album that I think is better than Pet Sounds, and I think Whoa. that most people, I, I think again, if I'm if I'm approaching this as something where it's like you can't not like this, no matter who you are, I go to Surfer Girl, oh. the album. Um, Surfer Girl has in my room. It has Little Deuce Coop. Uh, it has Surfer Girl, obviously. It has Catch a Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a bunch of song. It's got songs that are have that normal catchy Beach Boy hooks yeah. that you love, and then it's got those deep introspective moments to it. Um, it's got four, or maybe you could say five, massive singles on this album. So yeah. I think that even if you're not a Beach Boys fan, you you will like this album because you'll know some of it and it's just, it's very palatable. Mm -hmm. Um, Pet Sounds is arguably their best album. I understand it's got, um, it's got some, some, I mean, they have a ton of hits, so it's it's hard, but like, it's all subjective. That has God only knows. And wouldn't it be nice, which are some of, I mean, God only knows is one of the best songs ever written. Right. Probably. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, but there's there's just something about Surfer Girl that seems more accessible to me, whereas Pet Sounds is that like slightly elevated like yeah th- like you you need you need an intro to Beach Boys before you before get to you Pet go Sounds, there. Yeah, opinion. no, yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. that's good. Um, I like it. Let's go. You got hip hop. You said right? Yeah, I definitely. You know, obviously. You know, the the turntable is a huge part of hip hop culture. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I I went through a lot of different albums in my head, but I, I picked kind of a certain era. And I also, un, by accident, also played into um, the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Uh-oh. But I, I'm going with either... Don't start something. I'm going with either Enter the Wu-Tang... Mm, or straight out of Compton. Oof. And All right. Well, I don't think Wu Tang and NWA had a thing. So no. I mean, it is what it is. East Coast, West Coast for sure. No, I'm not trying you, to bring. You're not, you're not inciting <laughs> gang, gang violence. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to get kind of two, if not opposite ends of the spectrum, two yeah. different sort of perspectives on the genre is what I was right. kind of trying to do there. And no. they're both just absolute classic albums. Um, different, different styles, but you have, and I think also what I love is that whole, like the, the large group, uh, rather than just, you know, like the, the one or two or even three artists, I just, I just love the variety of having, you know, five, six plus 
um, artists all contributing to this one album and you get so many different combinations. You know, it might only be two or three people on this one track and then the next track it's, it's everybody. And then on another track, there's one main person and you've got two yeah. or three others contributing verses. And it's, I love that dynamic. It's so much more interesting than just having like the one or two that are throughout the whole album. I just, I love yeah, it. it. It makes you, it makes you study the music exactly. almost too. Like as you're enjoying it and as it's hitting you and moving you, you're also studying it. Cause you're just like, all right, which voice is this now? As you're yeah, like, who's that? I remember, I'm, yeah. I remember like once I like Ghostface was just like Method Man was oh, fantastic, but like hearing Ghostface verses, I would always be like, Oh man, it's Ghostface. Yeah. It's Ghostface. Yeah. This is great. This, <laughs> I can't wait to hear. What is this? Oh my gosh. What you going to do? I do that with Ghostface um, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, do you have great a, call. Do you have I, a hip hop so album have, on here? I, I don't have a hip hop album, That's right. but I did go, uh, I did go with Stevie wonder. Yes. Um, songs in the key of life. Of course. I just, again, like, it's it's the it's probably the best um, the the best entry point for Stevie. He's got he's another artist that just has hit after hit after hit. Um, but it's got Sir Duke. It's got Isn't She Lovely. It's got As. Like there's so many songs on this thing that it's just it's so listenable. It's easy. Um, it's beautiful. It's funky. Um, you can bop to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, I, it's something that I don't think anyone would ever be mad at having a copy oh, of. No. And if they'd never experienced it before, again, they're going to know a song or two and the rest of it. Yeah. Is just they've heard them carry them through it. Yeah, absolutely. Good call. Yeah. Good call. And then I did um, pick, um, you want to do jazz? Yeah, I did. Wanna, I did some jazz staples and this was also, well, the, this, the, the second one was difficult um, to, to pinpoint, but the first one, and I ended up going with like kind of the more slow, ex- the more slow jazz at with, and I went with miles Davis kind of blue, which again is cool. one of those like, Fantastic. Did, yeah. did you get that with your record player when you bought it at target? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that or birth <laughs> of the cool. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's such a great, that that's a good record when you oh, yeah. really want to chill. Like it's good, like to yeah. put on with dinner or, you know, to just sit in a dark room and cry. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's such a, a, you know, it's called kind of blue for a reason. It sounds kind yeah. of blue. It's a very, um, it's beautiful, but it's like, it's, it's, it's music for a dark room basically. Yeah. And yeah. so on the flip side of that coin, I went with giant steps, uh, by John Coltrane. And so okay. that's more of the hard bop style, which is, yeah. um, if you're not accustomed to it, it, Coltrane can sound a little chaotic sometimes, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's very expressive and it's a different side of jazz. It's not like the smooth jazz. It's very, very expressive and can be a bit chaotic, but, um, you know, never unmute in an unmusical way. It's, 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 it's still very controlled. It's just, um, the word is escaping me. It's, it's complex. It's complex and and very expressive. Um, so I, I recommend those to to anybody who wants to get into jazz but doesn't know where to start. I, I do. I have those. I don't know if I have those. I I'm sure I have the uh, Miles. I have both that and Birth of the Cool on CD. I don't think I have them on vinyl. Hmm. Yeah, I've got um, Giant Steps on vinyl. I I had Kind of Blue on CD 
years ago, but that is one I'm still, I still don't have on vinyl actually. Yeah. It's probably a good one to, to like, I mean, it's, it's right. It's, it's exactly what we're talking about here. It <laughs> yeah. is exactly something where it's like, man, it, I am almost ashamed for not having it because right. it is something that I, if I if it was just sitting there and I walked by it and I had the time or was doing something, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to put that on. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a, jazz jazz but i i have a folk album that is jazz influenced um and it's brighter later by nick drake so oh, most wow. people my, most people would go pink moon right that's that was the moment that was the thing it was Thanks, the volkswagen, volkswagen commercial <laughs> it was beautiful it's a gorgeous album pink moon yeah. definitely is worth it um but this is one where I'm I'm diverting from the you know every song. I think a lot of people probably know one of these things first or at the chime of a city clock because they've been synced in a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, but this is this is an easy album to put on and just have in the background. Um, it's not something that I feel again is is that intrusive to be like you have to listen to this because it is a folky jazzy album. It's it's easy to put on, but um, I, I think from top to bottom, it's it, it's um, it's haunting. It's it's beautiful. It's well orchestrated. Um, it's it's very smooth. It can be background music, or like you said, you can sit and cry to it. Um, it kind of gets me going sometimes. Uh, Brighter Later by Nick Drake is just it, it's such a gorgeous album, um, and I awesome. I, I've looked up all of mine to make sure that they're readily accessible on vinyl, and they are. Okay. I, again, only have this on CD, and I should have this on vinyl because it's one of my favorite albums of all time, and I, I've i got a shopping list. So well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's going on my, my Discogs wish it's list so as soon good. as we're done here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Awesome. It's so good. So last but not least for me, I, I, I did want to go a little bit more modern and put some essentials in there, which is, it gets difficult because usually, you know, when you're talking about essentials, these are typically, you know, albums that have been around for a real long time. Um, so, so each of these are, are only about 20 years old, but I went with either OK Computer, Radiohead, which we talked about recently in our Radiohead yeah. uh, episode. Um, it was difficult to pick the other one, but I ended up going with Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which came out in 2001. And um, it's it, Wilco's not for everybody, but for the kind of music fan that collects vinyl or you know enjoys the album experience, um, I think they've they've mastered the album experience and um, they capture something that I think is kind of got lost. Um, you know, you could, you could call them, some people call them dad rock. I get it. You know what I mean? It can, it could be con interpreted as soft rock, uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot more thoughtful and intelligent than that. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's never just, you know, schlocky or mindless in any way. It's, it's very smart, very smartly put together, and they're great musicians as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a good gateway album. Another one where it's like it, it you, you can put your toes into what Wilco is in that album. And yeah, exactly. If you, if you don't like it, it's not it, it. 
it's not wasted time. Like it was a good experience. Um, and if you do like it, then, oh boy, you got a lot of great stuff yep. to, to <laughs> uncover then. Yeah. A lot of albums. Yeah. yeah. What's your last one? So my last one, uh, I've brought up REM a few times already. Um, my last one is an REM album. It is Automatic for the People. Automatic for the yeah. People is... Uh, so I, I, I had a funny thing. Uh, my wife is not uh, a big music head. Like, she knows she knows her stuff. She knows what she likes. She knows what she grew up with. But um, I... Sometimes, you know, you can project on someone a little bit. And right. so we were... REM came up in conversation somehow on a drive this past weekend. And I was just like, I bet you could name 10 REM songs and you don't even know it. And (laughs) she, she kind of came close, but, um, but like I realized that at least three of them were from this album. Um, yeah, I mean, night swimming, we talked about it on the Jason Isbell cover album. Um, and then you've got everybody hurts. Everybody knows everybody hurts. Uh, and Man on the Moon is yep. also on this. But then you have The Sidewander Sleeps Tonight, you have yes. Drive. I mean, this album is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It is such a perfect representation of what this band was and could do. It's all over the place, but it's cohesive. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. And again, like, I don't feel like it's like. It has enough things on it where someone would be like, oh, yeah, Man on the Moon. I, I, I know this song. It's a yeah. good song. I know this song. Jim Carrey. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I love it. I'm pretty sure this is the only one on my list that I actually own on vinyl. Oh. Um, I, I have it on vinyl. I have it on CD. Uh, it's it's so good. I need it. Uh, that was the first Arium album I ever owned. So yeah, I played the crap out of that album, that and monster. I was all over this monsters. Um, Great. I I had document document was my first document was my first like cassette. Like I, before I even bought CDs, I got a cassette because it had, it's the end of the world as we know. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this song's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's still, and there's a lot of great songs on it. It is. There's a lot of great songs on there, but I just, I, it was a cassette and it was on the second side, I think of the, or it's near the end of the first side. Maybe it was in a, it was in a spot where it was like any cassette was, you have to like scroll through it to get to it. And so I remember like rewinding it and going back and just listening to that song over and over again and trying to learn all the words. And uh, yeah, so good. I love it. So, so good. Yeah, I love it. Well, um, any yeah, any I final thoughts? I think we're good. No, that was the holidays. Yeah, this is great. I mean, we've got a few more shows to do uh, before the end of the year, but uh, this is your time to shop. This is your time to yeah. plan if you haven't already. Um, and so, hopefully, this uh, this helps people. Yeah, and so you know, from from the entire Retro Logic family, happy. Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, have a great one. And thanks for listening to Retro Groove. We are part of the Retrologic Network. Check out the website, retrologic.games, for social links, merch, community, and more. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the companion playlist that will go up along with the episode. And uh, any parting words, Liam? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Should have had these. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I. Should... <laughs> oh.
you know what? I should end my kids asleep right above. Oh, me. okay. <laughs> <laughs>